This episode of the Coaching Cars podcast is brought to you in partnership with the brilliant Soulfully Single, founded by Julie Wilde. Soulfully Single is the supportive, fun and empowering community for sociable singles who want to grow in confidence, reconnect with themselves and others and use their single time to be the next best version of themselves. Soulfully Single aims to ease loneliness through community, connection and personal growth. So if you find yourself recently single or know someone who is, head over to www.soulfullysingle.co.uk to download a free workbook to help you heal and move on after the end of a relationship or join one of the feel-good monthly coffee meetups. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Susie and this is The Coaching Cast. We are the No Nonsense Podcast, chatting about the things impacting you at work right now, helping you to survive and thrive in today's workplace. We discuss different topics each episode, sharing our ideas, hints and top tips from our experiences of working in the corporate world, running our own businesses and also being qualified coaches. We also try to have a few laughs along the way too, because taking yourself too seriously is just boring. We hope you enjoy listening. In today's episode, we're talking about that tricky situation of when you have to let someone go from their employment. We discuss and share our own experiences, plus offer our top tips for managing this often complex situation. So stay with us and enjoy. We just wanted to acknowledge that since we last recorded an episode of The Coaching Cast, a horrendous conflict has unfolded in the Middle East. We're sending our thoughts and love to all of those who are directly affected by the situation, both in the Middle East and globally. Visualise the scene. You're watching the BBC's The Apprentice. It's the boardroom. And Sir Alan Sugar has just said those famous words to a candidate. You're fired. Cue a gracious thanks, possibly a a little bit of embarrassment, and a swift exit into the black cab sitting outside. If only it were that simple outside of reality TV. So this got us thinking here at the Coaching Cast about this often emotionally charged and challenging situation telling someone their services are no longer required in the workplace. How do you know when it's time to let someone go? Is there a way of approaching this with compassion? How should you approach it for the best of everyone involved? We explore and discuss this topic. So, Suze, what is your experience of firing somebody? Have you ever been let go yourself? from employment, a workplace? Oh, there's so much to pick there (laughs) to start us up on this episode. So yes, I have been let go from um, employment. I can see Lisa's face like looking at me on the screen, like, what, you're such a good intention. What do you mean you've been let go? Yes, I was let go from a seasonal uh, job when I was at university. I did not know this. I was about to say, what? You've never been fired. Okay, yeah, I have. Brilliant. Okay, brilliant. Susie's been fired. I'm enjoying this already. Carry on. 
Um, so yes, I was fired from um the well-known um bath bomb chain that's on <laughs> often on the high street where there are shops. You smell them before you see them. I think we know what we're talking about. Yes, what we know what you're talking, talking about, about here. Um, so I worked in their shop in Sheffield City Centre when I was at university. And I don't know, I honestly, to this day, right, don't actually know why I was fired. On Honestly, truthfully, which kind of leads probably into some things we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a seasonal job. So I had a Christmas job there. Um, I turned up for my shifts. Like, I was always there. Um. I even remember, so I was thinking about this randomly the other day, I even sold one of their massive mega gift boxes. So like, you know, they have those like pre-packaged like gift boxes with like various bath bombs and like bits and bobs in. And they're really pretty, like wrapped up and they look gorgeous. Well, they had this massive mega, mega one. It was like probably over a hundred quid. It was really expensive back in the day. And I even sold one of them, which was like the absolute ideal thing you should be selling. And I still got fired. So she just kind of said to me, the manager at the time, that um, my services was just no longer required. And it was like on the lead up to Christmas. So it was kind of like on the big thing. And yeah, she just kind of like fired me. And she fired me in the staff room as well. So there was loads of people there. I remember that. Oh, God. And I just kind of left and that was it. So. In answer to your question, yes, I have been let go um, from a job and there was no kind of lead up to it. And I still don't really know why I was fired. Like, I can't answer that right now. I have no idea. And I think because I was quite taken back in the moment and at the time, I didn't see it coming. Mm. And I think that's the piece that is quite important in this situation. Because, look, whether you are the person that's firing someone or do having that conversation or the person experiencing it, it sucks. It does suck no matter like who you are, what your involvement is in this situation. Admittedly, the person who's losing their job, you know, it sucks a bit more, like 100%. Like we're not kind of downplaying that. But um, yeah, my experience on this topic is I think that through my personal experience, you need to just kind of be really compassionate and really, it's hard, it's tricky. You've got to, come at it with a bit of empathy and think about if Mm. I was in this position how would I want to be treated but equally I would say you've got to manage it in a way that you kind of before you get to this point there's been a fair and transparent process before you get to that final conversation that final point where you let somebody go yeah because you know, that's the right thing to do. That's what we have to be doing also legally, you know, and it's really important that going back to my days when I was in that staff room in Sheffield, I didn't see it coming. And so the impact on me, I probably still like is within me right now. Like I probably have taken that through into Mm. my future career Mm. and we don't, that's not what we want. Like we want people to be able to, um, kind of seen the the train before it's come to the station if you get my point (laughs) yeah love that so that was your experience of yourself being fired what about your experience of firing others Mm. yeah so I have done it Mm. um I've done it a few times um it's not nice I'll be honest I found it challenging because I'm quite an empathetic person um Mm. and 
the circumstances that led to that situation were not the usual circumstances I'd say they were quite different to Mm -hmm. um what you would normally kind of expect so things happened quite quickly yeah and it was a bit surprising um and it then led to kind of that um decision yeah I didn't enjoy it at all I don't think anybody would I have to say I came out of those conversations and now I reflect I think I was very transparent very clear very professional very concise very factual I wasn't emotive but I was emotive maybe in a way though actually now I'm just reflecting in the moment emotive in the sense of that I tried to do it with compassion with Mm. an element of empathy Mm. whilst understanding that for this person they're you know they're hearing news which is absolutely going to change their life that's their livelihood at stake so they're going to probably not particularly want a hug from me as I'm the person delivering that news. I've got to be respectful of that and mindful yeah, yeah. of that. But I also want to treat them and treat the situation in a way where can kind of empathy and compassion is at the center of that. And I always went into it thinking if this was me, mm. again, going back to my situation in that staff room in Sheffield, if this was me, how would I want to be treated? And I always tried, and I think I got it right to that extent, Um but I always try to have that at the front of the way I approached, especially that final conversation where you yeah. conclude that employment because emotions are are high. And, and I think I've also had it where maybe I've coached or talked about this situation with people and they've not really thought about it. And it's not until I've kind of held the mirror up and said, well, how would you think in this conversation? how would you be or feel in this situation that they've then suddenly reflected around their own like prep for those conversations, perhaps where they're holding it. You know, like one of the worst things I think you can do is do it in one of those flipping fishbowl glass meeting rooms. (laughs) Yeah. The worst, you know, you've got to have an element of prep around this as well, like to make sure it's respectful. It takes into account the other person, you know, you don't want to be having this conversation in an open goldfish bowl, you know, is there a room that's slight you can book which is slightly aside that's a bit more private you know and also the logistics the practical measure things so when people are hearing this news for the first time in my experience not for everyone but in my experience they start asking quite um quite quickly a lot of practical questions like well what about my car what about if there's a bonus what about my bonus yeah what about my laptop? Like, because that's all the things they can control, like, because they mm. want the answers to that. And that gives them a feeling of control. Because especially if this news is new news, it hopefully isn't, and it shouldn't be surprising. But thinking about, again, about me in that staff room in Sheffield, it was new news. A lot of those kind of practical things then come into play. So you've got to be prepped as well, in my experience, to be able to give those answers really, really quickly and mm-hmm. clearly so that you're not then be like, oh, I just need to go and find that out. Or I just need to, f- I don't know, actually, I've not thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as you can, you've prepared for some of those questions. Um, because also that helps the professionalism of it. That helps that kind of ending, I suppose, in a really fair, professional um adult to adult manner and I think that's what I've always tried to do is have these conversations as an adult to adult not an adult child this isn't Mm -hmm. about power 
at this point. Um, and that's only been my experiences. I know maybe, maybe CBeebies listening to this thinking, well, that's definitely not the experiences I've had or the approach I've taken if I've had to be in that situation. I can only talk about my own experiences, but I think they haven't, yeah, that approach hasn't kind of gone far wrong, I think, for mm. me by by handling it in that manner. What mm. about you? What's been some of your experiences on this topic? Yeah, so, I mean, I haven't been fired. So it's never been an experience I've received. I've been told my probation period's been extended, which, to be quite honest, felt like I'd been fired at the time. Um, but that's also because... as an individual I wouldn't say I've ever failed at anything and so there is you know not in the real extreme sense of the word like I've got things wrong um I've made mistakes but I wouldn't ever describe any of that as failure it's just life and learning but I wouldn't say I've ever yeah I I wouldn't say I've ever had anything that final happen to me in that regard like when I've changed jobs I've changed jobs I've moved um and you know I feel actually very grateful and privileged that I've been in that position but I have to admit during my corporate years it actually got to the point where I felt it probably could be good for me to be let go I don't know why it sounds weird doesn't it but there was an element of thinking actually that could be a good experience to learn from and to see how I survive because I think especially when I've been in I've been in some organizations for a very long time and and had managed to avoid being made redundant as well and I always thought oh that possibly could be a good experience to know what that feels like to go through that process to see how I would react how I would survive it how I could manage it but also as well from that perspective of then knowing what that's like if I ever had to deliver that to somebody else because I think you know you do gain so much from experiences and you learn so much from them and it actually enables you to be much more compassionate and well-rounded than if you ever have to deliver it yourself I've had to deliver redundancy rounds um to other people I think they're some of the most challenging because you are letting people go on mass so you're dealing with many different individuals and their emotions and their circumstances. And there's a whole myriad that people are going through in that. Some people are related. They're seeing it as an opportunity. Some people are terrified and think it's the end of everything. You know, it's such a roller coaster ride with redundancies. Um, and there is so much to navigate, both in terms of individuals and what they're going through at a singular level but then also at a um overall business level and the the legalities making sure you're doing everything right um and I know when I had to make an announcement of redundancy to a department and I think it was multiple departments and once and I was asked to take the lead on it and actually it was a delegation from one of my senior managers thank you very much for that um I didn't believe in it I didn't believe in the redundancy round. I didn't believe why we were doing it's it. It's the hardest. Um, I've done that before as well. And that is hard. When you don't buy into it and you have yeah. to, that is a real challenge. And I wanted to own everything I was saying and for it to have an element of humanness and me in it. 
that was really important to me during those messaging because I didn't want to just be the robot delivering the corporate line because I didn't believe in it. But also I knew that that in my head that wouldn't land. So I worked really hard during that announcement to own every word and to enable it to be human and to sound like me and not to sound like our corporate communications team or HR for that matter. So I didn't want it to come across like policy either. And I do know that when I delivered it, I was, people did approach me afterwards and thank me for it. I remember that because I remember people saying, we really appreciated you taking us through it and helping us to understand it and acknowledging how we might be feeling. And and that really meant a lot to me at the time because I felt, yeah. do you know what? I don't agree with this but I'm not pretending in any way. I'm being honest. I'm being transparent. So to your point, I think that's so key. Um, <clears throat> but also trying to, yeah, just find some identity in it. I think that's always meant a lot to me in corporate comms anyway. I just never wanted to sound like I was delivering a party line. That's I never wanted it to come across like that. So actually, even when I didn't agree with decisions being made, and it's not just with redundancy, with anything, I'd always try to find something in the decision that I could engage with and make sense of and interpret it for myself and then deliver that. That was always something that was really important to me. It still is about most things. Um, but I have had to fire someone and that had been a decision that I made about that individual and I was in control of the whole decision. So that was to do with an individual that wasn't performing in my team. And it was difficult to do because as you've already covered, you are changing someone's life at that time. You are affecting their livelihood. You are if you know that member of your team, if you've chosen to get to know them, and I'd like to think everyone listening has with their team, you do know about them. You know that that what's going on in their lives. You know that they may have a mortgage or be trying to get one, or you know that they may be getting married even or got kids. You know, you know so much about them. So you and you do understand the correlation between the job and that life that they're building. So when you make the decision to let them go and to change that and to sever it you do carry that with you like yeah you do and I, and I think if you're a human being with any kind of feeling you feel it but I don't think I think what you've always got to be so careful of is that you truly understand the decision you're making and you feel confident that you're making the right one and I would argue for the benefit of everybody because I do genuinely believe that you as a leader and a manager should be supporting everyone to be doing a good job. And you should therefore also recognize when that person, even without the intention of doing a bad job, aren't doing very well and how that's not good for them either. Yeah. Because I know in my experience, I'd work really hard with that individual to support them to do a good job. And I know that they had tried, but it just was not the right job for them. Yeah. And that's all it was. It just was that the job was not the right fit, that it didn't complement their skills, that they weren't able to be their best. And it was draining them as well. I knew that they were under a lot of pressure and anxiety because of it. So actually, if we had tried everything we could, both of us, and that it had been fair in the process to give them the time and the support and the direction to have the opportunity to be better and it still had not worked then actually the only option for all of us 
was to change it and to do something more drastic. And that was yeah. letting them go. Um, and I think, you know, it was not a surprise to them because we'd had open dialogue up to that point. I had been managing their expectations. You know, I'd made that clear throughout. So, you know, by the time I then delivered the the that decision, they knew. They yes, knew what yeah. that they knew what that meeting was about. I mean, it I didn't have to yeah. say it. They knew it. Um and it yeah. was over it was over very quickly. Very well, that's the thing. Like, I I think my experiences are a bit different to yours, actually, because the what the, the three situations I've had where I've had to let someone go is because there's been an element of, um, oh, I suppose, deceit. Yeah. So some things have been found and yeah. that's been the conclusion. So so those people... There's... So what, like an element of misconduct, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Rather so, than underperformance, it's a bit, yeah. a bit deeper and more complicated than that. Yeah. And so like emotions are even higher. Yeah, yeah. It's been forced upon them a little bit more. Um, and there's a bit of justification that goes on because people are fighting for, you know, yeah. for their livelihoods. Yeah. And fighting and I, for their position in it in terms absolutely. of saving their reasoning. But absolutely i still think there's choice there though i still think there's a choice you can choose to behave you you have every yeah element of control around how you choose to behave and i think misconduct is a really interesting one and one that i do think organizations and individuals find really difficult to deal with because there's so much subjectiveness in it but at the end of the day if you have a policy that's quite clear and a person's misbehaving and misconduct i do think is quite I don't think it's that easy to behave in a way that's classified as misconduct often anyway, not for me. Um, I do think you can still hold people account to the decisions they made in that moment that led to it. And also like in that situation, there was a couple of, there was me and also kind of another manager and the motions were, were kind of heightened for the individual, but also for like the leader at the time and, and all of that and it was all kind of intermixed and and, and actually our, our, my role very much before I went into that conversation and what we'd prepped and planned for was that actually you know I'm going to be real you can't probably come at this objectively because you've got some emotion with this like you need to be in in this situation involved but I will lead it because I think that's yes, the right thing yeah. to do and so I because I was kind of a little bit more removed mm. I was able to pr- approach it with some calm I think I'm quite a calm person yes, anyway but I upped that even more like mm. and, and I was really kind of like centered and calm and again I was really like I want this person this is this is shit like this is shit like I can't say it's not like this is awful but I want to be able to approach this this conversation with this person with just as much compassion and in a graceful manner, as much as I possibly can, that I, this person is going to take so much learning from this experience. I would imagine, mm. <laughs> I hope, um, that they don't need me to tell them X, Y, and Z, or that they don't need my opinion or my judgment. And that's not yes. appropriate. Yeah, and that's yeah. not right. Yeah, because yeah. they will do that for themselves. You yeah. would like to hope. But I think that's a really important point. You take opinion, you take judgment out of all of it in this whole process. It has to be factual. It has to be objective. 100%. And you keep it in that space. And you can still be compassionate in that element. You can still be compassionate. 
but that doesn't mean you have to show yeah you don't have to cross that boundary particularly because I do think in a process I think that's what you have to recognize as well and often with this is it is a process so keep within the boundaries of the process for your both of your sake because that's what keeps it clear and I'm a you know we talked about this before when for me this is a bit similar to feedback it's that process of in a similar way of having a really clear direct honest objective conversation that's what this is so being the clearer you are the kinder you're being it comes back to that famous Brené Brown quote that I'm obsessed with but being clear is being kind in this type of scenario more than ever (laughs) for sure and I think if you think you're sat you're listening to this now you think well like how can you be compassionate in the moment because if you need to be factual and you need to be professional and concise well for example the things I did was that you know I made sure they had a drink of water in front of them before they kept you know before we had that conversation I we sat down you know we were all at the same height yes at, at the, and th- we were we weren't kind of opposite opposite each other you know like that apprentice mm. setup you talked yeah. about at the start you know there wasn't a big table separating us you know we were it was a bit more kind of close-knit than that and actually I would pause because that's a lot for somebody to digest in those situations I would pause and be like do you need a second do you need a moment I and I appreciate this is a lot for you to kind of digest yeah and you know I would go at there I would I would alter the pace Mm. you know and and I would in the moment be like just take a second it's okay there's you know it's fine we there's no massive rush to this or equally, if I could see somebody was getting agitated, I would be like, you know, stand up for a second. Why don't you just pop to the loo, come back, you know, let's take a break. You know, and that's what we mean here. Like, well, I certainly mean in terms of showing a bit of that kind of thought, that compassion, that empathy around how I would want to be treated. And yeah, it's about exactly. doing that to the very last moment. And that's yeah. how I how I did it. And I have to say, I think that that worked and every occasion I did that it definitely worked don't get me wrong it felt awful for everybody involved especially for the person that was being let go 100% and emotions are high of you know it is and I think that's where you support each other you know you need to do this with a witness these Mm. conversations whether that's HR or somebody else Um, I've done it with both HR and with a colleague and, you know, that's where you, you go into it, having to be prepared, you know, what role is everyone going to, is going to play, you know, who's going to lead it, um, who's going to have the paperwork or who's going to know about the logistics and, mm. and have those questions. And you open the space up as well for the person to ask questions because they will have a lot and expect that they will have a lot, you know, and, mm. and create that, that time. Um, I appreciate that everybody goes about it in that manner and with that respect and in that way especially when you know it's a situation where there's been misconduct as well mm. but I think in my experience having been let go in that shop in Sheffield and not knowing why I was let go and just kind of oh right okay well, that's that then and having to kind of process and pick that for myself versus also being on on the other side of things the one thing that does stand out for me through all of that is, yeah, just being adult to adult and just mm. treating it with respect that mm. you would hope everybody would come at mm. it with. So they're my experiences and yeah. some of my kind of considerations. Yeah, and I think there's a lot to take away. I think the thing I would add, and you'd already said it to begin with, is that ensuring that the space is private, and away from 
others that there's no audience oh honestly the amount of times I've I have probably more often than I would have liked had to have conversations around where are we actually doing this and they'd be like well in this room and I'm like that's in the middle of the office where people can see like we got to think we've got to think about this mm. intentionally mm. let's not just go into the next available meeting room and have this comment like you know you've got to really think about that and yeah. it's a really valid point for sure yeah it's like you said though I love the fact you use the word respect you can do these things respectfully that's exactly right at the end of the day this person is still a human being and what for whatever reason whatever's gone on that at the end of the day is still true and if you want to help manage the emotions in the room, you've got to consider all of it um, and avoid anything that's going to unnecessarily heighten emotions or, you know, you want to support that person to be in control of themselves because they are not in control of what's happening to them. Yeah. So I think anything you can do to then nurture their response is only going to be the right thing. I mean, you can't control it completely because they're going to react however they choose to, but For sure. you don't want to be the trigger beyond what is already going to be triggering. So you, have, you know, you control everything else and keep it as calm and sedate and um, yeah, as, as, as simple as you possibly can. Um, so that, as I said, the only trigger is what you're delivering. Um, and that yeah. is going to go either way. And that you can't do anything about because the fact is, is that if that's the truth, that's the decision and that's what's needed to be done. That's what you do. So and I and I think like keeping it factual is keeping it fair because I, you know, this is where when we're talking about being compassionate, we're not saying you be ruinously empathetic. You know, you call a spade no. a spade. Like if if this person is is made a mistake, if they have um, if what they've done is classified as misconduct or if it's underperformance, that's what you say, because that is the truth. Um, that's the facts that you present to them. You don't sugarcoat it because you need to be clear. Like we said, being clear is being kind and it needs to be delivered where there is no doubt. Like yeah. The decision is the decision. And as soon as you start, as soon as you start, deviating away from that you'll confuse the message and you'll leave room for misinterpretation exactly and it is just what it is but yeah you can be compassionate without being um and exactly I think you've nailed it in the way you've described it I think that have you exactly watched true. succession I, I haven't but my friends are obsessed with it and tell me I need to watch it so CBBS, if anyone's watched Succession, there's a lot of firings in Succession. Um, Good examples or bad examples, Susie? Probably more of the the opposite examples <laughs> of what we're talking about here. And there's a scene in particular where um, Jerry, who's the lawyer, gets fired, and it's in a really public setting. I think they're on a boat. I think, unless I'm confusing scenes, which I possibly could be. <laughs> so, I, or maybe they're not actually on a boat. This isn't I, below deck that you're talking about now, is it? Oh no, they all just merge into one, though, don't they? For me, I think. Your favorite. <laughs> but anyway, there's a lot of firing scenes in in Succession, and I think if you want to, if you're a visual person, a bit like I am, and you want to bring this to life for yourself and and another level, it's the opposite of what goes on in Succession. Is what we're talking about here. Brilliant. So top tips then for if, if you know, for this type of situation, if there are CBBs who are listening, who are in this position where 
they know they have to fire somebody or they think it's going in that direction or maybe they've done it recently and found it really difficult you know what are your top tips for how to do this as best as you can yeah because that's how I would describe this I wouldn't say this is about aiming to be really successful at firing people and be really great at it um I don't think that's something any of us would really like to um focus on but like how can you do this as best as you can yeah so first off I'd say let's just bring through the main things we've talked about there so I think actually prep is is quite important that's your I I wouldn't say quite I'd say it is the most important is your prep yeah prep is everything you know the practical stuff matters yes so I think think ahead think about that think about the route the location or the room or whatever um what's going to happen to the laptop the card the credit card if they've got a company credit card the lap you know the bonus the card whatever you know work through that because that will be what somebody will want to know yeah also prep around you know you will do this with with somebody else there may be two other people there may be one other person you know what's your role each of your roles um who's going to lead it just it's a bit like in some sense how you would approach the negotiation like you've got to plan it and think about how you would you know Mm. approach it and the role that everyone's going to play so prep is critical is my first top tip yeah second is if this was you how would you want to be treated yeah and then follow that (laughs) um and I think if you do that you can't hopefully go far wrong (laughs) unless you've got some yeah bizarre (laughs) kind of uh, way in which you would like to be treated in this situation um but I think yeah follow follow your kind of gut on this and think about if that was you how would you want to be treated yeah and then my final top tip is be clear be concise and be human yeah cool love it brilliant thank you well we will be sharing these top tips uh towards the end of the show so stay tuned and we will give those to you It's now time for Bullshit Bingo, the feature where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which, quite frankly, make us cringe. Our Bullshit Bingo for today's episode came from one of you, our CBBs, who got in contact on LinkedIn, and it is, are we ready? Drama, please. We need to bottom this out. Now, I saw this in my messages and I was mm. like, oh, we've had this. I'm pretty sure. I know, I don't think we have. Because I was like, this is this is a classic. Like I say it's all the like we need to bottom this out. Like 100 percent I say this quite frequently. Yeah. I went into the um bullshit bingo tracker that we have. <laughs> and it wasn't on there. And I was like, we've not had it. So it's in. Anyway, we've had it now, it's in. But we need to, we need to bottom this out. We need to bottom this out for sure. For sure. This is one I've used frequently. I think it's a good one. Is this what we think is a bullshit bingo? It's not bullshit though, is it? We need to bottom this out. Mm. Isn't it just a phrase? It's a bit bullshitty as a phrase though, isn't it? I think it is. Oh, it's so, it's so part of the repertoire. It's yeah. T- it's difficult, isn't it? I quite like yeah, this it one. Is. We need to bottom it out. 
I'm sure I must have said it loads of times. To be honest, that these days when the bullshit bingos come out, I have an absolute mind blank. I don't know whether I say these things or not anymore. Or maybe I say all of them all of the time and they're just so <laughs> in my language that I don't, I've lost my awareness of them. I'm not sure. But I mean, God, loads of us must use this. We need to yeah. buy this hundred percent I think um it's funny as well because when we talk to people like either Lisa and I or individually this is certainly happened to me and they listen to the podcast and then they use a bullshit bingo in the conversation with Lisa and, and myself or individually and then they check themselves in the moment they're like oh I just used a bullshit bingo yeah there. yeah and then we do the same sometimes when we're talking to each other. If we say something, like, I just need to get my ducks in a row. Like, oh, I just used a bullshit bingo there. Or what did you say in the like early part of this conversation? You just used an absolutely brilliant one. Although whether it's bullshit, it's not. It's just used a metaphor, but it was so good. Oh, you want to see the train, the train thing? Yeah, like, you know, get the train into the station or whatever you said. You want I mean, to see that... the train before it arrives in the station. That's it. That's what you said, <laughs> Um, which was brilliant, actually. But I would say that's a, I, mean, I suppose it is a bullshit bingo. It is brilliant. Yeah, you want to see that train before it arrives in the yeah. station. Exactly. Well, on this episode, you've got two bullshit bingos. So we've we've bumped up the content right yeah. there. Yeah, we have. That's a brilliant one. So CBB's what bullshit bingo would you like included in a future episode? I can't even say the bloody phrase now. What bullshit bingo would you like to see, to see included in a future episode? Oh, God. Drop us a DM on Instagram. Uh, where you can find us that's at the coaching cast and you can also contact Susie and I via LinkedIn through our individual profiles we'll put those in the show notes so you can find us um but yeah just make sure that when you hear these uh brilliant bullshit phrases that you share them with us so that we can share them aloud here on the coaching cast to make us all cringe enjoyment uh with those Coming to the end of today's episode, where we've been discussing that very tricky situation of letting someone go from their employment. Our top tips and recommendations from today's episode are number one, it's all in the prep. So, really take the time to prepare the facts around the situation, the message that you're going to deliver the location so really consider the environment that you're creating so like we talked about ensure that the environment and the location is not increasing the trigger in the emotion so really take a lot of time to consider that and really consider some of the more logistical practical questions that maybe are so Susie was talking about you know whether it's about equipment um or whether it's about the actual date of the conclusion of the employment just ensure that you've Got all your ducks in a row to add a bullshit pin going to that. Number two, really think about if this were you, how would you want to be treated? Think about that and think, how can I apply my answers to that question to the approach that I'm going to take? And the third question, uh, the third top tip, sorry, is be clear, be concise and remember to be human. And acknowledge that that person you're speaking to is a human being too. We've got some self-coaching questions to support. So these questions are, if you are in this situation right now and you are needing to let somebody go. So ask yourself the questions, what has led to this situation? So really help to gain your clarity and get your facts. Number two, how can I be both clear and kind? 
Number three, how can I support the individual in the moment to achieve the outcome that's required? Now, if this is a situation you've recently gone through and it's now in the past, then ask yourself this reflective question. What can I learn from this situation? So really use that question to help identify learnings for yourself and identify things that you could do differently and possibly better for next time. Don't worry if you can't remember these, so both the top tips and the self-coaching questions. These will be on our Instagram page at The Coaching Cast over the course of the next few weeks. So do go and connect with us there so that you don't miss anything. Also, if you enjoyed this particular episode, check out our episode on growing talent, which is episode five in season two. That just may give you some different perspective around performance management and developing people. So you can find that episode wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, talking about episodes, we will have another new one for you coming up in early December, and it's going to be our Christmas party. CBBs, we know you're really busy. But it would mean the world to us if you could rate, review and subscribe to The Coaching Cast wherever you listen. It really, really does help the podcast more than you could possibly know. So it means that other people find us more easily so we can grow. And also, if you subscribe, it reminds you when we have a new episode so you don't miss <laughs> on downloading it. So hugely practical. <laughs> We love to end each episode of The Coaching Cast with our personal song recommendation, giving you energy and motivation as you launch into the next part of your working day. It's my choice this week, and it felt apt as Madge has uh, embarked on her tour. And yeah. I'm seeing loads of people going to see Madonna uh, in London at the moment, and it all looks amazing. So I've chosen one of my favourite Madonna songs, which is Frozen. What a classic. When I saw this, I was like... That is a good choice. I've not heard that song for ages. I'm going to go and put it on now. It's a banger. I love it. Um, so, yes, I hope you go off and enjoy that one. See you next month, CBBs. And remember, you've got this. Mm -hmm.